Good. Well, hello, everyone. Yeah, we're going to kick off a series today which complements all that stuff. And there is a slide, I think. I've got the same slide up there, I think, um, Adam. Um, and uh, we're going to mainly focus on looking at, at the, the book of Matthew, actually, to, um, to complement this series. So, so we're going to be looking at disciples who make disciples. That's, that's the theme of it. And um, obviously the core verse for this is, um, is in Matthew 28. And I just want to look at that because um, it says at the end of Matthew 28, we're told to go and um, make disciples. And, uh, and uh, it says they went to Jesus and he says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. And that's how Matthew's gospel finishes. And that commission to, to make disciples, that commission is to make, um, is to make learners. The, the word disciples is a Latin word, disciplios, which, um, which means a learner. In Greek, it's mathetes, which you get maths from, mathematics. So it's, it's, we are people who should learn. And hopefully over these next few weeks, we're going to be... We're going to be learners who engage with Jesus, who engage with his spirit, who engage with the, with the Father as well. And normally we focus on, on the, those verses about discipleship, but actually I want to go back to the start of this verse, and, uh, or this, this paragraph, because it says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And I today want to look at, at mountains. And you're thinking, that's got nothing to do with disciples. But actually, I think, I think mountaineering is, <laughs> is a bit like discipleship. You, you know, it takes great preparation, it creates great fortitude, great perseverance, um, skills. It takes um, going ups and downs. Sometimes you get up a hill and you have to go back down to start again. You know, there's, there's great uh, correlation between mountaineers and, uh, and disciples. So I'm going to start with that. And um, we're going to go through the whole Bible, okay? Uh, today, in about 10 minutes. Perhaps a bit longer. Um, so that's, that's the focus. And we've got a quiz first. Which, which are the three tallest mountains in the world? What's the first one? The one that's... Okay, Everest. Well done. Well done. What's the second one? Well done. That's, that's 28,000 feet, 251. What's the third one? No. 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 The third one? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty close. Kamchenchunga, I think. That's what it is in, uh, in Tibetan. And it's that one. Yeah? And it's translated the five treasures of the snow because it's got five peaks. And, and no one's heard of it. No one's heard of it. It's 28,000 feet. It's not much smaller than K2. And, and it's got five, five peaks. And the top of it has never, nobody's ever got to the top. Not because they can't, but because they, it's a sacred mountain for the, for the Tibetans. It's on the Tibet-India border. And, um, and it's got five peaks that you go up. But they always stop a few feet from the top because the, it's a sort of local, you know, don't allow it. In fact, the Indian government, I don't think, allow you to go up from the Indian side at all. So it's, so it's, it's you know, it's a fantastic mountain um, that 
has, we haven't quite got to the top. They stop a few feet short. The first, I think in 1955, stopped a few feet short. You're in rap. You have to look it up now, won't you? <laughs> and check. Okay. And um, the reason I say that is because in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, in, in Micah and Isaiah, they talk about the Lord's temple, the, the mountain of the Lord's temple being the highest mountain in the world. So he's going to be the chief, the chief mountain. And Israel's not renowned for huge mountains. Most of them aren't much bigger than, you know, than Snowden. Um, there are one or two that are a bit bigger, but, but they, they don't amount. And yet, mountains feature incredibly often in the Bible. Okay, I'm going to show you just a few quick ones in the Old Testament. Um, Eden's called the mountain of, of God. And this is places where God comes down. They signify strength. They signify otherness. God comes down and we go up. That's what always happens. He comes down to mountains. We go up to mountains. We go up to him, to meet him. And that's where he renews his covenant with us, his agreement with us. That of what we, what we should do. And a lot of it in the Old Testament is about multiplication. It's about increase. It's about go and be fruitful, fruitfulness. And um, I just want to pick out five, because there's five peaks on Kangcheng Chunga, okay? And um, five places where God appears on a mountain in the Old Testament. Do these pretty quick. Mountain of God is Eden, and that's referred to in Ezekiel. And he, he talks on the people to be fruitful and increase. On Noah lands on Mount Ararat and God says I'm not going to do again the obvious thing which is to kill all the people all right the solution to sin the most obvious way to get rid of sin in the world is to start again okay and he says at this point he says I'm not going to do that I'm going to put a rainbow in the sky to show that I am not going to do that so there's hints of what he's going to do in the future because this picture builds as we go through You've got Abraham, haven't you, on Mount Moriah, and the picture of a, of a father prepared to give up his son. That there's a, there's a hint of, of you know, what, what might be there. And, um, and, and again, all these times it's about being fruitful as, as well. On Mount Sinai, there's, there's, there's obligations and promises. It said you'll be a kingdom, a kingdom of priests. And uh, you know, those promises, that it's not just about obligation, it's about us having a role and a job. And finally, David on Mount Zion, God sort of says to him, look, in this place, and Mount Zion is the same, I think, as, as Mount Moriah um, in Jerusalem. He says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one of your descendants the, 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 the solution to this problem. I'm going to make, and, and as we know, it's you know, Jesus becoming the solution to the problem of, of sin and our separation from God um, in, that, in that place. And there's other mountain experiences. Elijah is on Mount Carmel. He goes to Mount, um, Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai. So mountains, God comes and meets with people on mountains. So we really do need to be mountaineers because that's where we can go to, go to meet him. And when Jesus comes, he spends a lot of time on mountains. He spends a lot of time on mountains. And again, I want to look at five, possibly six. I'm rushing this a bit. All right. in, in, we're going to look at the book of Matthew and I'm going to look at the five beautiful treasures, perhaps six actually. I might get, I can't work it out. And uh, treasures here. And first of all, there's a treasure, there's a, there's a mountain 
where there is victory over temptation. There's a mountain where Jesus goes to, and it's up, it's up there, I think, Adam. I'm shutting on you to, I'm on you to show the things. Because um, that's the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, this can be yours. And he basically said to him, there's a shortcut. You can take the shortcut. You can take the, the easy route to, to claiming all these kingdoms. And, and he says to us, doesn't he, sometimes we can take the easy route. Mountaineering is not easy. There is, I mean, if you could take a train up Mount Everest, that would be great. We'd all be going. But I'm not aware there's a train that goes up Mount Everest. I, you know, I think people who climb it have to try, start off on, on smaller mountains, on little hills. They probably start off in the gym on a rock face. Yeah? And, and we... You know, we have to sort of learn. We have to persevere. We have to go up sometimes. We have to cope with disappointments. You know, some people die on mountains. Yeah? We don't often face that, but I know throughout in other countries, and we've heard, haven't we, over, over summer, you know, some people are killed because of, of their disciples. So this is serious stuff that we're entering into. So we don't enter it lightly. You don't climb a mountain in flip-flops. Uh, my daughter might, but, <laughs> but I have seen her climb a hill in flip-flops. All right? But generally, we don't climb hills in flip-flops. We, we get the, the right gear. We get preparation. We go as a team. We are, we are a team. And you here are a team. We are disciples together as we climb these mountains. And we resist, we resist, as Jesus did, that temptation to take the shortcut, to take the easy route, to take the, um, the comfortable route that, that is, is there. Because sometimes it will be hard, okay? And I don't want you to, to give up. Then the second one, it says, now Jesus saw the crowds and he went up on a mountainside and he sat down, and his disciples came to him and began to teach them, and he said, okay? And he said, and in, in Matthew chapter 5 through to 7, he starts to teach them what attitudes they should have, what beautiful attitudes they should have, what, how they should behave, how they should um, uh, grow, how they should treat other people, how they cope with disappointment, how, how they, you know, not to be anxious, he says, do not worry, build up your treasures in heaven. You know, we're, we're, as, we're, as we're disciples, he's teaching us. And as I said, there's teachers and there's learners. If you go to school, you have teachers, you have learners. And we are, at this point, we are the learners. And we are, we are those who need to learn from Jesus. And we'll learn a lot as we go through this series about how we should behave and what we should do. Because it's about training, isn't it? Mountaineers train. And, uh, and it's for us to be trained and be and be uh, you know, serious and intentional about it. Be intentional about going to these sessions on the, the, that are on every month on a Thursday. Be intentional. Jesus was not put off from, from going forward. Third one. There's a mountain of prayer. And, it's, um, and it says, after Jesus had dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone. 
And some of our equipment, that this, is, this is crucial piece of equipment. This is crucial to us as a, mount, as a rope is to a mountaineer, as proper climbing boots are, as oxygen is if you get to the top of, of Everest. This is our oxygen in its prayer. And Jesus recognized that. He went up the mountain to pray. He went to pray. And we need to you know, gather that. And, um, and he taught us in the previous, in the previous verses I talk, talked about on that teaching. He taught us how to pray. So this is how you should pray. And, and he, he actually, I think he invokes two or three things here that he actually invokes on a, on a mountainside. He says, give us today our daily bread. You know, teach us every day about what, how, how we should behave. And he talks about, um, you know, do not lead us into temptation. You know, he, he starts to use this as a basis for how he's been behaving himself. And, um, you know, it's part of our essential equipment to pray. And then, fourthly, he links to that prayer to the prayer to the mountain of obedience because he goes to the Mount of Olives and that's where he's, he's again, tempted to give up. But he invokes that prayer that says, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And he, and he sort of makes that a reality in his life because he says, you know, I'd love this not to, work, not to work this way. I'd love not to have to go to the cross. But he does. And there's that obedience. And I don't know any disciples that don't have obedience. We don't like obedience, do we? I don't like obeying. I get quite annoyed when Jan tells me to do things. <laughs> yeah? We're not great at obedience. But Jesus says there's a mountain here where we, we go to obey. We go to say, not why my will, but yours be done. You know, that's what he's, he's demonstrating here. And that had, you know, cosmic implications for us, him making that decision. And you don't know how, how cosmic is that decision you make to be obedient to, to, the, to the God's word, to what he's saying. Because when the clouds come, and if you're on a mountainside, the clouds might come down, and you have to go back, and you have to start again. You have to go back to base camp. You have to then find another route up. If there's an avalanche, you have to find a way around it. We cope with disappointments. And, and part of discipleship is coping with those, with those disappointments, coping with those things where we, we have to go up. As a church, we've been told, we had a prophecy once that said, you just go back to go forward. And, and in our lives, we need sometimes to go back, to go forwards. We need to find a different route where, you know, where it's blocked. And, you know, we, we just need to climb, uh, climb these mountains. There's one other, one other mountain, which is this, uh, pretty near the summit. It's not quite, like Kangchenjunga, it's not near, the, it's not quite there. But it says, after six days... Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before him. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And there's, there is glory. When we, reach, when we get near the summit, you know what it's like on a, on a, on a mountain or a hill when you get, because we tend to go up, and then you find there's another hill, isn't there? And another hill, and another hill, another, another hill. And we keep going. But from that view, 
from that height, the view is astonishing. You know, if you go up on a penny fan or something like that, you see over the whole valley. The view, and, and you know, symbolically, the view that we start to get of Jesus is magnificent as we start to climb these mountains. As we start to go up these mountains of teaching, of prayer, of learning, of, of, of obedience, of um, resolving to carry on, then the view is astonishing. Um, Paul could say, couldn't he? You know, and we, we sang about it a bit. You know, that love and that knowledge, this love that surpasses knowledge he talks about. That, you know, we, we start to see the view, and that's, that's the, the treasure that we're going to find as we go through discipleship. The views are astonishing. I, I, I'm, to be honest, I've, I've been at this quite a while, this discipleship thing, trying anyway. And I find still I'm a learner. And I find still being a learner is astonishing. I, I have what I call wow words. And they go, I go, wow. And I don't think that view, we never quite get to the top, you see. We never quite get to the top. We're like Kang Cheng Gunga. Yeah, we don't quite make it to the top because there's always a bit more. There's always a bit more. And we're going to go on and start to see amazing, amazing views. And then finally, we go back to that first verse, which is, which is the mountain of commissioning, where, God, where, where Jesus says, go, go and make disciples. And the astonishing thing about this is, and, I, and, and some of the reasons I, I just believe the Bible so, is not just because we have a crucified saviour, which to most people is an abomination, but we have... A, a, honesty throughout this it says when they when they got to him he told people to go who doubted him people who who had doubt within them and it says doesn't it you know they worshipped him but some of them doubted I mean why would you put that in it you know what would you admit to that it's because he takes and Jesus was not phased in one iota from that from them doubting he was not phased at all. He still said, go. And I don't know, I mean, you, you, Satan, going back to that first mountain, you know, Satan is always trying to attack us and saying, did God really say? Did Jesus really say? And I don't know about you, but I, I, I have doubts all the time. I'm challenged all the time about things I believe and understand. And, you know, I think if you don't, you don't sort of start to grow. And I just want to encourage you that as a people of, you know, people of doubt up there on that mountain, he started to say to them, go. And as you go, those doubts will dissipate. As I start to, you know, as you start to see God act in your life, those doubts dissipate. Let's, let's you know, they're not necessarily going away, but they are being fixed they are being diluted they are being moved and that's and that's the final thing isn't it is that there are some mountains that need to move there are some mountains that shouldn't be there there are some mountains in our lives that really should not be there and um and jesus um 
you know, talks about it, doesn't he? He says, the disciples came to him and asked him, why couldn't we drive this out? They'd, and this has come down from that mountain of transfiguration, that mountain. He'd just come down from that. That had just happened. He comes down and finds this bunch of people who hadn't a clue <laughs> and, were, and were really messing it up and weren't able to heal this, this boy. And he says to them, you know, if you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed then you will say to this mountain, move. You will say to this mountain, move. And I don't know what the mountains are in your life, but there's some that shouldn't be there. Yeah? Jesus said, go to the mountain I told you to go to, not go to the mountain that your head is telling you to go to. Yeah? That mountain of doubt, that mountain of giving up, that mountain of, of um, not, not resolving, that mountain of... Um, you know, the temptation just to, just to give up when things get tough. That, that mountain of, of opposition when people start to, to, you know, your family start to talk against you or, or oppose you. You know, those mountains have got to go. There's, so there's mountains that we run to. There are mountains that have got to go. Because the Lord's mountain will be the highest one. That's the one we need to go to. And, um, yeah, I just want to... So as we, as we go through this whole series of discipleship, yeah, we are, we are going up a series of mountains. And we are meeting with God. We are meeting with Jesus there. And as we meet with him, let him transform us. Let him remove those mountains of doubt, those mountains of disbelief, those mountains of disobedience, those mountains of resistance, those mountains of, of illness, those illness, the, those mountains of um, just, you know, not getting this. And if there's anyone here today who isn't, you know, doesn't accept, you know, what, what this, this Bible is saying, what Jesus has done, then just come with all your doubts and come and say, I give up, yeah? I want to go up your mountain. I want to be on that mountain with you, Lord Jesus, because that's the place. That's the place where I can find the solution. That's where the, the, the solution is found. Amen. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Father, we. I'm. I'm overawed at your greatness. I'm overawed at your patience with each one of us. And, but I just pray that, that you would help each one of us to recognize who you are, to run to you on that mountain where you're wanting to meet with us, where you're wanting us to go, where you're wanting to commission us, and, and to take all our doubts and fears and to say, go. And I just pray that as we, as we explore these mountains, as it were, as we, as we start to climb these mountains, you will give us a clearer and clearer view of who you are and what you've done. And your glory would shine around us. Your glory would, would, would cover us. Your glory would envelop us and drive us forward. 
And we would just invite other people to come and share the view, to come and see the view, come and see what you've done, come and see who you are, and see how magnificent this view is. We give you glory, we give you honour, and we just pray for your abundant, abundant grace and blessing upon us now. In Jesus' name. Amen.